The Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned in my introduction, I'm a welcome this morning. This is Reformation Sunday. Uh, we always celebrate Reformation Sunday in the end of October uh, to remember uh, the date that Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the Castle Church door in Wittenberg, uh, thus beginning the Protestant Reformation. He did that on October 31st, 1517, so we always celebrate it um, on the Sunday closest to that date. There are lots of things we could talk about in terms of Martin Luther's legacy. Today I actually want to talk about his legacy as a musician. If you look him up on Wikipedia, the first thing that is listed in, right at the beginning of the article about him is that he was a professor of theology. The second thing that's listed is that he was a composer. He wrote all kinds of hymns, the most famous one of which, of course, is? Well, good. Well done. A mighty fortress is our God. Um, I actually opened up my sermon yesterday by asking what people think about when they think of Martin Luther, assuming that would come up. It took us a little while to get there. Um, but what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about a mighty fortress, and I want to talk about a very specific line in there that raises a question which is not answered by the hymn. You may want to turn to the hymn, actually. Um, it's hymn number 504. Uh, the hymn was written by Luther, the words are by him, the music is by him. Um, he viewed it as a hymn of comfort. The hymn is all about how God fights for us, how God protects us. Um, and, and the fact that that's what the hymn is about suggests that we have something to be protected from, or that uh, God is fighting against someone on our behalf. And in this hymn, it's very clear who that is. Uh, Luther talked about the unholy trinity of sin, death, and the devil. And the devil plays a really important role in, through, throughout the verses of this hymn. Uh, some language I'll go through very quickly. Verse 2 at the beginning, it talks about his might. That's in the first stanza. Uh, in the second line, um, the, the first verse, there's the cruel oppressor. That's Satan or the devil. Uh, the third line, first verse, the old satanic foe. And then the third verse, that same stanza, let this world's tyrant rage. All of those are talking about the devil. The third verse is the one that sort of most directly talks about the devil. Uh, I'll read it quickly. Though hordes of devils fill the land, all threatening to devour us, we tremble not, unmoved we stand, they cannot overpower us. Let this world's tyrant rage, that's the devil, in battle we'll engage, his might is doomed to fail, God's judgment must prevail. And then this line at the end of that third verse, one little word subdues him. Have you ever thought to yourself, huh, 
I wonder what that little word is. I'm going to tell you this morning. And I do think the, the answer to that question is um, uh, reinforced by some of Luther's own writings. I will tell you, though, that there is some discussion and debate about what the word may have been in his mind. It's not answered again in the hymn. Some people, for example, suggest that the word is Jesus. Uh, or some people suggest that the word is the word of God. Or maybe a theological word uh, important to Luther like forgiveness or grace or faith. The problem with all of those, in my mind, is that none of those strike me as little words. Jesus is certainly not a little word. And so there is a better answer, I think, which I will get to, but I want to get to it uh, by talking a little bit, again, about this one that God is fighting against us on our behalf, namely the devil. And I want to lift up uh, to get to the answer to the question, what's the little word, uh, by talking about three words or three names that the Bible uses to talk about the devil. The first is diabolos, um, that's Greek. Uh, we, it's, it's familiar to our English-speaking ears because we get words like diabolical from it. Um, I am not a Spanish or French speaker, but it comes very directly into those languages. In Spanish, it's, I believe, devil is diabolos, or, or diablo, diablo, sorry, diablo. Um, and in French, it's diable. Does that sound right? I apologize if I'm brutalizing that. Um, and actually, in English, the word devil comes by a circuitous route from diabolos. That Greek word means the one who scatters, the one who tears apart, uh, the one who divides. And that's in distinction to the Holy Spirit or God who draws together, who makes us one. Okay, So that's one word that, that, or name of the devil given to us in the Bible, diabolos. Another word, which will again sound familiar to our English-speaking ears because it comes to us almost directly, is Satan. It comes from Hebrew and is translated into the Greek and it sounds very similar. And that means the accuser or the slanderer, which is a reminder, by the way, if we're honest with ourselves, that when we accuse someone, uh, or God forbid, when we slander someone, we are doing in a maybe in small or not so small way the work of the devil. And again, in con contrast to that, the work of the Holy Spirit does what? Or the work of God? It builds us up or we build up one another. We affirm one another. We encourage one another. Okay, so that's another name for the devil, Satan. The third one I want to lift up, which is related to those first two, Diabolos and Satan, or Satan, is Father of lies. Father of lies. We've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. The devil is always lying to us. Uh, and the two biggest lies that the devil wants us to believe are these. First, there is something wrong with you. Second, you are all alone. And that, those lies work in a really mercenary way together because if we believe the first, there's something wrong with me, um, and then we believe the second, I'm all alone, we feel isolated and unable to reach out to other people uh, to invite them to help us when we feel like there is something wrong with us. Does that make sense? And that brings us to the answer to the question, what's the one little word? 
And the word, very simply, is liar. It's when we acknowledge, when we recognize that those are lies that the devil is telling us, and not only recognize it, but we have the courage and the ability then to say back to the devil, no, you're wrong. You are a liar. And again, that's corroborated in Luther's own writings when he's talking about a time in his life when he was feeling oppressed and he quotes himself in the third person and, and responds to someone and says that you should do what Mar Dr. Martin Luther does in the third verse of A Mighty Fortress and tell the devil, devil, you lie. When we recognize that fact and then when we challenge the devil, it takes the devil's power away from the devil. Does that make sense? So one of the things we do here at church is we lift up those kind of lies. But then, of course, we do more than that and we tell what? The truth about who we really are. And in response to those two big lies that the devil wants us to believe, first, there's something wrong with you. God says, no, there's not. God says to you this morning, I love you just as you are. And I would go further and say more than that. God not only says, I love you, but God says, I need you. Each and every one of you in your individuality. This is a very Lutheran instinct, this idea of calling or vocation, the idea that only you can accomplish some particular um, need in the world or, or achieve some particular need that God has for you to achieve in the world. So that's, there's something wrong with you. God says, no, there's not. I love you. And by the way, it's not because of anything you've done. This is another Lutheran instinct. It's because um, of my deep love. We call it grace. We don't achieve it. We don't accomplish it. We're loved by God, not because of our achievements, but because God is love. Okay? And the second lie, you're all alone. Look around you. No, you are not. You are surrounded here by your brothers and sisters. You are a part of the body of Christ. As individuals and as a community, we are called together to go back out into the world and share God's love and forgiveness and grace to that world. Which brings us to the gospel for today, which reminds us that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. And that circles back to Martin Luther. That idea that the truth of the gospel sets us free was so important, so central to his sense of identity that he actually changed the way he spelled his last name. I've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. When he lived, uh, languages, written languages, had not yet been standardized, so his own father spelled the family name in a variety of ways. Luther started spelling it in the way that we know it, L-U-T-H-E-R. Why? Because it is exactly the same spelling as a Greek word, eleutheria, which means what? Freed. So every time Martin Luther signed his name, what he was signing is Martin, the one who has been freed, or Martin, the free one. And my prayer for us what, 502 years after the date that Martin Luther nailed those 95 theses on the cross and recognized the lies that the devil told us and also reminded us of the truth of who we really are as God's children is that we also 
will understand and embrace that same truth today. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Good and holy God, we thank you today for the gift and the courage of Martin Luther. We thank you for his instinct to understand who we really are. We pray today that you will help us to see and understand the lies the devil tells us, help us to challenge those lies, and instead embrace the truth of who we are, beloved sons and daughters of God. In all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.